Friday, I'm holding a baseball. Peter Apple's holding a baseball. Arm Layton's holding a baseball. We podcast. <laughs> that was the George H.W. Bush move. Uh, yo, man, you guys got to go to YouTube and watch that. Uh, Casual Friday, just baseball show. Today's Friday, July 15th. Arm just totally pulled the George H.W. And if you haven't seen that, it's George H.W. Bush before he throws out a first pitch of Minute Maid Park where the ball just comes out of absolutely nowhere and he shoots it up with his valiant fist of power. It it's was my amazing. favorite meme. It's my favorite meme and it's not close. Uh, Can I so test fun. you guys to start off the podcast for everybody watching on YouTube too? I will give one of you $50 right now if you can name the signature on this ball. I uh, see a C up top and then I see an M on the bottom. I'll give you a hint. It starts, I'm going to lower it oh. down to $25 with the hint. It starts with, you know what? 50. It's still at 50. Starts with a Z- O. I almost said zero. Oh. And then an M. O- I, I M it starts the, with a zero. I thought it was be like Elon Musk's kid or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Xerxes. Or like there's a 12 in that kid's name. There's right? a 12 in there. O-M, you said? O-M. O-M. Oscar Marine, the pitching coach for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, I wish. That'd be a sick signature. <laughs> Is it you? Did you make no, up a name? Is your imaginary just, friend just growing made up? up? Just made up. Just made it Signed up. my own balls with a wrong name. I've got no idea. We're off to a great start of this podcast. O-M. O-M. What? O-M. You'll retired? never guess it in a million years. Retired guy? Retired guy. Yeah, Listeners, no who's retired O-M? Also, was a coach for the Mets. Another hint. Uh, no clue. Tell yeah, us. you got me. Omar Minaya. Oh my no, god! Would never have Omar gotten that in a million Minaya. years. I have not so heard that name in a on decade. Um, put a price tag somewhere, on it. Omar Minaya's ears just perked up. Like someone yeah. just talked about. He's me like, again. "Let's go." You know, he gets royalties for that. He probably yeah. just got we four owe, cents. We owe him like ten bucks now. We owe him ten bucks because you brought up Omar. Damn it! I said it again. We owe him ten more bucks. Twenty. Uh, <laughs> We're going to talk about some trade targets today. We're also going to give our pick for the home run derby um, because that's on Monday, right? All-star game Tuesday, futures game Saturday, celebrity softball game on Saturday. Can we give our picks for that one? Do we know who's playing in it? Oh, draft on Sunday. Draft on Sunday. Yeah, it's futures game on Saturday, draft on Sunday, home run derby on Monday, all-star game on Tuesday. I'm going to be in L.A., for the Futures game and for the Derby. I cannot wait. Chalkboard has given us all access passes. We're going to be in the Home Run Derby area. We're going to be in the bleachers. I'm going to be attempting to catch fly balls. Jack, Arm and I were talking about this on the last podcast. Do you think it's funnier if I don't bring a glove and like attempt to catch some of these 120-mile-an-hour line drives, or should I bring a glove and kind of really show my athleticism? Because at the end of the day, the Royals, have you seen their lineup? Like, There's a chance I could play second. This could be an audition. 
That's what I'm not saying. Only, not only could this be an audition, I was just talking to Arm on the call-up when we were going over the Futures game roster because Alec Marsh replaced Nick Prado with the Royals as one of the Royals guys going um, on the Futures game roster because Prado is getting up to join them. Um, I told Arm, I think this Royals roster might actually be more entertaining than the Royals roster with like the typical guys on it that aren't going to Toronto just because there's so much unknown there. Um, I think you should pull a Jim Harbaugh I think you should wear khakis. I think you should express order a Michigan sweater. And I think you should wear your glove to the home run derby. Make it all business. Business, business. not pleasure. Also to that point too, seeing Bobby Witt followed by Vinny Pascantino is at least a glimpse into the future. It is very cool. Yeah. I wish we had Marvel Jr., but MJ uh, will not be there. And then, um, but Prado is going to be there and Michael Massey is going to be there. Um, Who else? Nate Eaton is going to be there. Nate Eaton. Yeah, they called up everybody. They called, they they had to. I, that is, it's funny because without getting into obviously the whole vaccination situation, it's just funny that when your team goes to Toronto, that's how you instantly find out who's vaccinated, who's not. Yeah. They can't play. It's like a filter. Uh, and ten has got to be the record. Like I, I would have taken under on ten for every team. But so before this trip, I think it was twenty five total had been on the restricted yeah, list going to Toronto. 25 total. And now it's 10 with the Royals. That's incredible. It's and, and again, like regardless of what you think about the vaccination status, like Andrew Benatendi, we're going to talk about trade targets later. The Yankees, of course, checked in on Benatendi. The Rays have checked in on Benatendi. But they, they don't want him anymore. They're basically out on Benatendi because he's not vaccinated. He can't and they help would you. need him to play in this series against Toronto. They need it. So now the Yankees are now out. They're looking at Ian Happ. I know we're going to get into it a lot later. But Benatendi will probably not go the AL East solely because of the vaccination status because they need these guys against Toronto. If you didn't get it for literally anybody else, now you should be getting it for yourself to maximize the number of suitors that you have. Yeah. Yeah, and just get out of Kansas City. All you, all you need is to get the vaccine and you can get out of Kansas City. I wonder if, I wonder if that's enough for Ben Attendee. But, <laughs> you know, it's interesting because when I look at the Jays too, like that's the first question they've got to ask and, and it limits them. Like I know people talk about Tyler Malley and Malley is not an option for them because he's not vaccinated. So it, it limits their trade market a little bit too because we're going to talk about these, these 20 trade targets that we put out at JustBaseball.com and we don't know who's vaxxed and who's not unless they had to go to Toronto. We should have had vaccination status in bold right underneath their 2022 stats. Well, did we put, we probably put blue Jays as a suitor for Tyler Maui. We I think so. I yeah, think we, we probably did. did. We're idiots. We're idiots. <laughs> you know, we're not playing 3d chess. Like we need to be, uh, which <sighs> sucks. Hey, a place close to um, Toronto. Yeah. What? Like four hours, Syracuse, New York. Yeah. Syracuse yeah, Mets have Jacob deGrom throwing to Francisco Alvarez. You're listening to so this cool. on Friday. It happened on Thursday night. Mention that that is a total glimpse into what's to come in the not so distant future. I'm excited just to see how he handles him. You know, like it's, it's one thing to, to handle professional pitching and we've seen, you know, Alvarez do a good job at each stop. Now, you know, you're doing great kid handle one Oh one. And the good news is it's probably easier in a lot of ways because wherever your target is DeGrom's probably going to put it in that vicinity. But when the slider is 92 and all those things, I'm just really interested in how Alvarez is going to handle him. I'm excited to watch that. 
Uh, and then I'm also excited to see if, if any of the Marlins AAA guys will get a hit. Uh, that's also funny to me. But yeah, it's it's great news for the for the Mets. And I think it's a cool little sneak peek into some future battery mates for the next however long DeGrom pitches. Can we hype up the Mets for a little bit? They just yeah. took two of three from Atlanta. Uh, one of the hottest teams in baseball in the Atlanta Braves kind of beat the brakes off them too. I mean, there was a tough loss there in that game where David Peterson pitched really well against the Braves and Spencer Strider. They were even able to get a couple runs off him. And like, that's been impossible these days too. Yeah. Now they're going to add Jacob DeGrom and you know, they're going to be active at the deadline mm-hmm. on top of it. Even when I was talking about Ben attendee, they're now interested in a guy like Ben attendee. So that's another interesting outfielder that could possibly go to the Mets. I'm already kind of giving away our 20 trade targets, but at the end of the day, like they're going to add and they're going to go get Jacob DeGrom back. This is a really, really good team. Do you think they would deal with Jed Hoyer and the Cubs again? Do you think they could be a possible landing spot for Wilson Contreras? Cause they just fleeced the shit out of them with PCA for Javi Baez. It would make the most sense in the world, right? Wilson Gutierrez is a rental. You're waiting for Francisco Alvarez. And Arm and I were even talking on the last podcast that there have been rumors that possibly he'd come up as a DH. But at the end of the day, he's so young that next year seems like the viable year that he'll come up. You get Wilson for a couple of months. Maybe they'll trade another one of the top prospects. But they need Wilson to rake, and he'd probably go to the Mets and rake. Difference from Javi Baez when the Mets were more out of it than they are this yes. year. I mean, this is a legit it's a guaranteed I mean, right now, team. With the Dodgers, I mean, the Dodgers are phenomenal and you could call the Mets the second best team, but I don't, I wouldn't say if you called the Mets the best team in the National League right now, would anyone bat an eye? Arm, would you bat an eye? I don't think so. Like, I, I think we're like conditioned. We have to say the Dodgers, but at the end of the day, what, what, what are the Dodgers that much better at than a healthy Mets team, which Again, you could say, oh, health is a big if. Well, it's it's starting to look like it's not, right? Scherzer's healthy and, and throwing well. DeGrom looks to be healthy for now. I'm sure they're going to be very careful with him. The rest of the team is is relatively healthy. Yeah. I, what do the Dodgers really do that much better than the Mets, other than home runs, sure. But, I mean, the Mets hit the ball and they get on base and they're really tough to get out and they're scrappy the and they're deep. But they're not far off. Marte yeah. and McNeil are now back, too. Right. I mean – if they really get Contreras, they're right there. I think if right they get there. one power bat, I, I think it's fair to say that they're the best team in the National League. Yeah, and, and I'd say the only other team in the conversation in the National League is San Francisco, for sure. Mm, are you joking? Because they're Yes, I'm joking. Do they sell? <laughs> like, did you see Farhan say, um, I don't know what direction we're going in at the deadline yet? This is going to be a really big two weeks for San Francisco. 106-win mm. team that now doesn't know where they're going at the deadline is pretty crazy. And yeah. is it is it a culmination of things or is it the Buster Posey effect or is it kind of both? Yeah, I, I, like, what do you think? Wait, how about this quote from Farhan Zaidi real quick? This was uh, from, N- from uh, NBC Sports Giants. Quote, you don't want to be viewed as a seller when you're trying to compete. No shits. <laughs> That's the weirdest Wait. quote ever. Yeah, why did he? Why did he even come out and say that? Like, it's better to say nothing. I that that makes. I don't want to be viewed. To I don't want to be viewed as stupid when I'm trying to be smart. <laughs> I don't want to be viewed as a seller when we're trying to compete. What makes no sense to me? But uh, on the on the same side in that same division, it's hard to look at the Padres and call them a legit playoff team either. 
And I don't think I'm overreacting here. I mean, they have good pitching, of course. You know, they're getting good starts from Clevenger and and Darvish has been good in spots and Snell looked great and then had six walks in his last start against the Rockies, which was the highest since 2018. The bullpen is not very good. And you look at the lineup. I mean, Jorge Alfaro hits fourth at the end of the day. Like, I, Jorge Alfaro has been good this season, and, you know, we've been hyping him up. But you start with Cronenworth and you go to Machado, and then after that, it's not a lot. It's hard to look at the Padres and say, I'm very confident in them as the playoff team. Well, who's who's catching them? Yeah, I was going to say, let's play a Might game that. here. Expanded postseason, San Diego 10 over 500. They're two and a half clear of that final wild card spot. St. Louis holds the final wild card spot. Who's better, San Diego or St. Louis? I would say St. Louis is better. Definitely. That's fine. When, when Tatis even, comes back, who's better? St. Louis. A, oh. I don't, yeah, St. Louis. St. Louis, their defense is phenomenal. I do think that they're going to add a starting pitcher at the deadline. But if they um, don't? If they don't do anything and the Padres make some big moves, yes, let's have another conversation. But say as they, constructed. No, say neither makes a move. Cardinals still. Definitely. I just disagree. I think the Cardinals have a better bullpen. I think they have better defense. I think they can hit from one to nine. I think that lineup is better than them. And I think that they can pitch with the Padres because the Padres have good pitching from one to five, but it's a lot of inconsistent guys. It's like you get Blake Snell looking like an ace, then having six walks. You get you Darvish looking like an ace. Then he has a blow up start. Mike Clevenger hasn't proven that he can consistently stay healthy and, and continue to pitch, even though he's a very talented pitcher joe musgrove has been great but then again he's just had a rough start again love joe musgrove not saying that he's bad he's a real ace there but besides that there's not a lot to hang your hat on in my opinion pick two of these four right now because okay. san diego is two and a half clear of st louis san francisco and philly are both a game back of st louis for the final wild card spot san diego st louis san francisco philadelphia pick two of the four to make the playoffs <sighs> Uh, I would say St. Louis as my clear. Uh, I guess it's San Diego, but just because you made me pick two, I, I think you could make the argument for any of those three teams there with the Philly. I mean, the Phillies, you know, if they're going up against San Diego, you got Nolan Wheeler. I mean, that's going right up against those pitchers. And I like Philly's offense way better. And at least their bullpen is performing as good as the Padres has. The defense is awful, but it's not like the Potters have this amazing defensive team either. It's interesting. It's just an interesting conversation. You guys yeah. are looking at me like I got four eyes right now. I, no, I'm the just, one. That's I don't four know eyes. if anyone catches. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, he's the one with four. <laughs> no wonder. <laughs> no, I, I hear, I, I hear what you're saying. Like I definitely see some vulnerability. Um, and, and here's the thing with the Padres is they weathered the storm without Tatis very well. Tatis should be back by now, uh, but they're terrified. We've seen reports that there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen right now, I think is the way that it was, it was described. Uh, is it Kevin AC that said that? I think like, so. It, it's a very weird way to describe somebody's you know, rehab process, but there's a lot of people that are weighing in on it because it's, this guy's a quarter of a billion dollar man. Uh, and what? this is a serious injury. I mean, he didn't just break his wrist. He fell off a motorcycle. He probably crushed his wrist. And yeah. we know how much force he generates with the swing. If there was clarity with Tatis, I wouldn't blank. You know, I'd say, okay, I, this team is, is just too good. Because I, I imagine we're talking about deadline moves for all these teams. The Padres add one of the best hitters in the game, you know, to a team that's already in a playoff spot. I, I think they'll be fine in that regard. But I don't know what's going to happen with Tatis. Dude, we're, we're more than halfway through the season now. 
and there's still no timetable on his return. That is where I'm concerned because they can only weather that storm so long and it's starting to slow down a little bit and the pitching is coming down to earth. I think it's going to be more of a war of attrition and nobody's really going to step up, if that makes sense. Uh, but I don't think the Padres are going to dominate their way to, and, and stick there. I think I think they're just going to kind of crawl across the finish line and, and keep that playoff spot because I don't believe in the Giants or the Phillies. And hell, I don't believe in the Marlins. From <laughs> Friday, July 15th, moving forward, who has a bigger impact for the San Diego Padres, C.J. Abrams or Estaria Ruiz? Oh, Aram, I'm throwing that to you. C.J. Abrams. Okay. Or not. Well, he's he's become such a good defender at such an important spot. I, I'm going to go Abrams. Because Abrams has everything that Astori Ruiz has. Yes. But I mean, he plays shortstop. as efficient of a base dealer, but I, I just think, I think he's going to, he's going to hit a little bit more, but look, I wouldn't be surprised if Ruiz just hits the ground running. He's a freak, uh, but he's just so much out of nowhere this year, Ruiz, that I'm going to side with the, with the prospect with a bit more pedigree and, and just a bit more, freakish ability to hit but Ruiz look I, I wouldn't be surprised either way so to you know? wrap this up before we get into all the trade stuff and then the home run derby talk would you guys say that you prefer the Padres to the Cardinals at this very moment yes really yeah because the Cardinals just went on this really bad slide and then they won four in a row and then they lost a tough game to the Dodgers about two nights ago now they have Dakota Hudson against um, – I forget who's pitching now for the Dodgers. Oh, Tyler Anderson. Tyler Dakota Anderson. Hudson versus Tyler Anderson. It'll be yeah. interesting to see who wins that game too. I would assume the Dodgers would, but against Cardinals against a lefty, you never want to bet against that. So I think it's interesting. I, I, I lean more to the defense and the pitching because I still do love this Cardinals bullpen. Defense, pitching, and I think the offense can hang with San Diego. I think if they were to play a seven-game series, I think the Cardinals would expose them, and I think the Cardinals would win that. See, that's where I even more so I think that the Padres take care of them. Pitching-wise, mm. it's just not even close, I think, starting pitcher versus starting pitcher. And the offense, I mean, they're relying a lot on Brandon Donovan, Juan Yepes, Nolan Gorman. Like, those are guys that are getting consistent ABs. I'm not, I'm not counting on those guys as much. All of a sudden, you got Tommy Edmonds' OPS below 700, and – Bader still can't break 700. Pujols is getting a lot of ABs. There, I, I think Tyler O'Neill is a big X factor and how he comes back and how he looks. He's looked good in the minors. How he contributes now is, is going to be interesting. But give me give me the pot. I think the Padres are just more balanced. I think they're going to go make a move too. But the Cardinals could make a big splash. But at the same time, let's defend because Bader has been injured. O'Neill has been injured. Dylan Carlson has stepped up. Big Broneal's back. Field too. Broneal is back. Like Broneal. That- that that I mean, the Cardinals do have a lot of positives going their way, and they've also been kind of an injured squad. I mean, Jack Flaherty has been out. Steven Matz has been out, too. It's just – but to your guys' point, like, it is close, and the, the race to the finish is going to be extremely entertaining. I think we can all agree on that. Can I oh. give you the most – can I give you the most niche X factor ever for the Cardinals? Yes. Andre Palante. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not wrong. I've been te- I've been texting Arm about Palante like nonstop. Every time he every time he makes an appearance, I'm like, I'm so unbelievably in on this guy. If Palante turns into a guy that's in 65 innings, if if Andre Palante is listen 3180 RA, if he's oh here comes Jack with the Cal Quadrill. No, yeah, but I mean like <laughs> I love. I it. don't think so because Cal Quantrill is what five and a half. Yeah, Palante's five point eight. Okay. 
Um, that doesn't help my argument. What does help <laughs> Wait, go my to argument. the whips, go to the whips, go to the whips, go to the whips, uh, go one, to the whip three for Palance. What's Cal? One, four, Cal two Quantrill is what I think one, four, two. Last time I checked Cal Quantrill is, uh, Oh God, a one, three, one. Oh, <laughs> because Quantrill's an ace and you better be careful with the disrespect. <laughs> well, no, but I agree. Palante is a big X factor. I think, you know, th- th- that's the thing with the Cardinals too, is if a couple of these arms can step up, if Michaelis can keep doing what he's been doing, Wayno, I'm sold. Wayno is going to yeah. do this until he, he wants to, to like, he could do it for five more years. Uh, but I think it's going to be a good showdown. I'm excited. I don't know how many more times they play. Um, if at all, I would love to, to check the schedule there, but I would love to see a seven game series between these two teams. I don't know what it would take for it to, to kind of fall, fall down like that, but yeah. I think they're pretty close in, in, in the way they're kind of balanced. I just think that the, the Padres, I'm always going to bet on the team with more pitching. And I think the offense is, is, is still pretty darn good. Yeah. Uh, Palante, just to wrap up my thought here, Palante, 95, three speeds, 95, 85, 75. 85 with the slider opponents don't hit the slider opponents are hitting 200 against the slider so if he ups the slider yeah, we'll see what happens so that's my thing um a hey, one more non-baseball related thing before we get to uh the trade targets and the home run derby i was mentioning the garbage plate to you guys because i we were talking about the syracuse mets and their their alter ego at points is the syracuse salt potatoes which is the syracuse new york delicacy and it's really just like boiled salted potatoes and it's not good. Um, their arch nemesis at the AAA level, the Rochester Red Wings, Rochester's delicacy, their local delicacy, and you guys hadn't heard of this, is the garbage plate. And it looks disgusting. I've never had it because the look turned me off so much. And it, I want to tell you. In the name, the name. The name, the it's look. The garbage plate. It's, imagine if our podcast was just like, this podcast sucks. <laughs> That's the equivalent to it. I actually, I think we would get some listens. Well, it, well people are eating this shit. Yeah. This podcast sucks. That's people it. are eating this shit. Do you guys want to know what's in the garbage plate? Yes. Yeah. Uh, a garbage plate is a loaded plate full of home fries, hot sauce, macaroni salad, hamburger meat, American cheese, raw onion, condiments, and slices of white bread. So just the look turned you off, not the ingredients? The ingredients turn me more off. Is that the most disgusting oh. thing you've ever heard of? Oh. I have Take no idea. Wow. Can we move on? Gross. I, think- I just want to pull up a photo of one and I want to show you it on my iPad. Well, this is wow. a high quality image. Ballpark YouTube food folk. YouTube folk. Oh, take yeah, it in. So is marshmallows on top? Uh, that's that's, no, that's the raw onions, onion. Right? Yeah, that's oh, a nice raw me. onion. Uh, I'd probably prefer marshmallows. All um, right, let's talk about the trade targets. Yeah. <laughs> you prefer ambrosia salad arm? I don't know, man. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> let's start from 20 up. Arm, you wrote the article. Lead us through it, my friend. Yeah, Jack and I, we, we hammered this thing out. and uh, fucking credit, dude. Yeah, I didn't, dude. I didn't know. It's, it's got Arm's author name on it. He's plagiarizing. It's got my author name, oh, too. It's too bad. I'm just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so we going backwards from 20? Yeah, we'll go backwards from 20. All right. I, probably one of the more underrated trade targets right now is Daniel Bard. Daniel Bard yeah. of the Colorado Rockies. He's shutting down games at altitude. That's hard to do. He's got 40 strikeouts and 32 and two-thirds innings at the time that we wrote it. Uh, he's probably racked up a couple more since then. 18 saves. He's been really solid. And aside from the fact that he has an awesome story and, and you know came back to pro baseball after you know missing a lot of time and basically stepping away, 
this guy is really, really good. He's, he's sixth in all of baseball and saves. And I think in the right environment is just going to be even better. He could be a closer for a contender. He probably won't need to be You're one of the best eighth inning guys in baseball. If, if a team goes out and scoops him. And who are some of the suitors for Daniel Bard? Cause I feel like everybody under the sun could use a reliever like that, especially getting him out of Colorado. Teams are probably licking their chops right now. That's what we put. We literally put potential suitors, everyone in yeah. all caps, because I think there's so many different teams that are looking for for guys in the reliever realm. Um, and, and I think the price isn't going to be cheap, though, for Daniel Barton. I do wonder what what the Rockies plan is. We always wonder what the hell the Rockies plan is. But I think the offers are going to come in pretty high on him because the market's going to just be ridiculous for somebody like Daniel Bard. I'm very interested to see who steps up. It's really just going to be highest bidder. Should be the Jays, but we'll see. Do you think it's going to be like a Kimbrel type return? No way. It's expensive. And Kimbrel's got the name value to him too. I think, yeah, the, the name value for Kimbrel, I think, was really what kind of... And it's funny, Kimbrel's been terrible for the Dodgers this year. It's just so inconsistent. I mean, just an absolute circus every single time he comes in. Like, he, even he two outs. Pitch. He can't pitch in the non-ninth inning. Yeah. No, no, he can't pitch here. in anything. It's even in the ninth inning. It's been bad. I mean, well, turn on a Dodger game, it's, it's he'll get the first two outs. It'll take 12 pitches to get there, but then it's a walk. Then it's a base hit. I mean, just watching Kimbrel pitch with other Dodger fans being back in California is hilarious. They just get so, so upset. It's so much fun. It's kind of annoying. If he's going to suck with this whole arm show while blowing yeah. the save, I'm going to be even more pissed. Yeah. No, that's like the end of the road for Jonathan Papelbon when he would pucker his lips and be like, oh, yeah. I'm so intense. And then he just shit rocked. Yes. Yeah. It, it was so funny. While blowing the save. Yeah, he's just doing this whole show over here while just ruining your team's season. I'm going to be like so Brian pissed. Wilson. Remember Brian? Yeah. I mean, oh. Brian Wilson would do this shit and then he would get yeah. rocked the next time. That, out. I remember as a kid, it scared me. I was like, is that some satanic stuff? I guess the opposite, but it just looked really freaky. Like summoning the, the demons. Yeah, dude. I, I ran into him in a Starbucks in New York City when I was like 12. I have a picture. I got to dig that one up. Was not very happy to see me, but he took a picture. So that was nice. Yeah. Number 19. <laughs> Michael A. Taylor. And speaking of like the pitcher's mound, this guy has not played in the field since he pitched. <laughs> In a blowout game, so his trade value might be impacted. He's got a sore shoulder because he decided to go on the mound. There's a story actually I wanted to, I was going to ask you if we were, we could tell it on TikTok because Michael A. Taylor decides to go on the mound. I guess they put him on the mound in a blowout, and he instead of just lobbing it in there, Michael A. Taylor says, "Let me throw 93 miles an hour." He's got a hose. Now his shoulder's sore. He hasn't played in the field since, and this is a solid trade chip. He's enjoying probably the best offensive season of his career putting up an above 100 WRC plus he's walking more than he ever has. He's striking out less than he ever had. Uh, he's an elite defender in center field. He could have got them at least one or maybe two top 30 prospects in an average farm system because he comes with another year of control, signed a two year, $9 million deal ahead of this year. I mean, I look at the Phillies. I look at the Marlins. I look at the Brewers. I look at the Padres. Those are all teams that could go for a Michael A. Taylor without, you know, breaking the prospect bank. It's a guy that a lot of teams would be in on. I could even see the Yankees saying, hey, we'll, 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 we'll platoon you or, you know, use you as a defensive replacement and he could spot start and get a lot of action out there. His offense would probably tick up. I don't know what the deal is with the shoulder now. That, that's going to be something we have to wait and see. Two innings, 37 pitches for Michael A. Taylor. I mean, what are we doing here? Also, but Arm, to your point too, while he should make the top 20 because he is a viable trade target, at the end of the day, I don't know if I believe in this guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at the baseball's Vaughn. He had a really, really good um, June. He put up, he hit 329. He had a 
507 slugging, had an 890 OPS. But then July hit, and he has two extra base hits and 34 at-bats. He's just not really hitting again. And if track record, like with the track record with Michael A. Taylor, he's never really been a hitter. He's always been kind of that fourth outfielder type. I'm just afraid that some team is going to pay him or pay the Royals as he should be a starting center fielder for a contender when I just really don't think that he's that. No, I agree. I think that's a guy I'm adding if the price is, is right. You know, if you're, I mean, like if you're adding him for, you know, maybe want like a back end top 30 guy and he's your, your, I would say fourth, almost like third and a half outfielder, right? Like he'll get starts against lefties. So defensive replacement, he's fast. He can do a lot of different things. I'm happy with that. But yeah, if, if he's performing at this level and the asking price is, you know, a top 15 guy, no shot, no shot of yeah. doing that. But I, I think the lack of track record, like you said, of hitting is going to kind of keep his price somewhat in check. But the fact that he is playing his best offensive baseball, I think there'll be some takers. Cause I don't even know if he would have been much of a trade chip going into this year. And, and he's definitely worth a flyer. If you're the Marlins or the Phillies uh, as a guy that can really change your defensive situation, the Marlins started Billy Hamilton in center field today. I mean, like triple give up a, a, a late prospect. Uh, a, number 18 though. Yeah. He, he was, That's he cool. was pretty, he was pretty funny today. I, that game was a shit shot. That was the weirdest. They've won two games and I'm pissed. The last yeah. two wins have been the worst wins I've ever seen in my life. But speaking Perfect. of just disappointment, can the Yankees trade Joey Gallo? That's our number 18 target here. You want me to answer this question? Yes. Jack put potential suitors as Bueller question mark, Bueller question mark. I mean, so we've heard, I mean, I, I, I put a comment on Jeff Passon's Twitter when the Yankees brought back yeah. Tyler Wade as if like, you know, the Rangers might water for Glad Otto as he killed the right to other prospects because the Rangers, I mean, that wasn't even, it was a joke, but not really because the Rangers have said that they could be interested in adding someone like a Joey Gallo. I Dude, really think so that the funny. Brewers make sense. And I floated this trade kind of as a hypothetical because it just fills a need for both teams. And a guy like Brad Boxberger has started to struggle a little bit with the Brewers lately. I kind of floated the idea, just Brad Boxberger for Joey Gallo, just kind of a change of scenery thing. Add Boxberger to the Yankees pen, get Joey Gallo over there to Milwaukee. You guys are laughing, but it no, it's a good trade. Sense. I think it's, it I think your, sense, your head's right? in the right spot. It's just hilarious. Objective no, you, are a, hilarious. you are a serial Brad Boxberger trader. Yeah, that too. He loves Brad Boxberger. <laughs> Dude, I mean, during the offseason, you were like, I think Brad Boxberger would fit wonderfully on this team. And then the Every next team. day we would do another team. And because it's like, he's no, the perfect, be really like, good. he's good, not great. He yes. helps your bullpen. He's not expensive. It's like, was, it's like the perfect the step guy. below to Para and Chafin last yeah. year. <laughs> he's the ultimate guy when your starter goes five and a third and you need to finish. You need to grind out the sixth. Yeah, that's what Brad Boxberger does. And, you know, the Yankees could use that. Every, every team could use that. But the every team could use that. that. It's just, dude, if they traded him back to the Rangers, I, I, like, I, I would want I, I'd want you to give me a segment on the podcast where I can just like laugh for 15 minutes. That, that would make. And then he comes back and he homers. I, I, I like I can't. I, it would just make my life complete. I would. I, would just, I think he needs I, a beard. I think that's yeah. I think mm. that's it. Look, mm. he needs to change scenery, though, right? I mean, like, yeah. it's clear, like, similar to Sonny Gray, I just don't think he can handle New York. I just it, – there's it's, it's a little bit of the, the hitting as well, right? But I, I think there's a lot of it is mental. I don't think he can handle New York. Even his yeah. defense has struggled, and that's never been a problem for him. Even through the worst of slumps, he's a good defender. I think if the Yankees can dump him, they, they should, and Brad Boxberger would even be fine. You know, that's actually how I felt about Ichiro, too. A 55-year-old Ichiro, I felt like he couldn't handle New York, and that's why he floundered there. 
That's a good point. <laughs> but also with Gallo, with the defense thing, I mean, he's a natural right fielder and he just doesn't play right field for the Yankees. Now he's playing left. And he's just not as good as at left field. But even with the Brewers, you know, with Hunter Renfro, I guess, being there in right field, do they move him over to left? I, I just don't know exactly where he fits. Maybe it is with the Texas Rangers at the end of the day, but that still seems weird to me that he would then get traded back to the Rangers. You know, I don't know what the market even looks like for Joey Gallo because you look at him and, you know, we saw that, you know, the Yankees can hang their hat on that point arm. Sonny Gray did not perform here, but look at him now. He's on the Twins, and he's like one of the best pitchers on the Twins, but probably the best pitcher on the Twins. So I feel like they can still get a top 30 prospect for him. I think they can. But I think they should kind of ask for a big league piece to add to this team if you want for Joey Gallo. Because what does a top 30 prospect do for the Yankees? You're basically just giving him away. That's why I said... Go get a reliever. Maybe trade him to the Rockies. He'd probably at 50 home runs for the Rockies. Give, oh, give us Daniel Bard. I bet the I bet the Rockies would be in on that because he's not that expensive and you know relatively. And hell, he'd, be, he'd, be, he'd make them a little bit better. He would make I, them be better. another funny one. I'm in on that. That might be a rare big league trade there. And uh, 17, our 17th ranked guys, dude, that came out of freaking nowhere. Brandon Drury, and uh, Dr- teams will be very, I think, skeptical. When, just like we all are, when acquiring Brandon Drury, who, you know, has this offensive explosion in Grand American Ballpark. And we've talked about how much GABP is one of the most just hitter friendly places in the world. That being said, he's been an above average hitter on the road. I think somewhere around a 111 WRC plus on the road. He has defensive versatility, he, he can do a little bit of everything. That's still a guy that's going to help give you some depth as like a super utility guy for a lot of different teams we had suitors as the rays the brewers the giants the phillies if i'm like the giants we're talking about how they, they like want to cautiously buy that's a good cautious buy you're not going to give up an elite prospect and then flounder like the mets did with with bias this could be a this this move screams raise to me but i could also see the reds just being confusing and holding on to him with drury is it unfair to just say i'm not even going to look at his total stats for the season i'm solely going to look at how he's been on the road and a guy with a 794 ops on the road not too bad That's that fine. can help a lot of teams right now yeah i think you got to think a little bit about his his home numbers it was like castianos right it was like yeah, you got to look at his road numbers, Tori. You got to look at his road numbers, but you also can't totally debunk like what they did at home. They're good hitters. But look at those two guys offensively this season. Nick Castellanos has dropped off a cliff, and Trevor Story has been good, not great. Not the Trevor Story that we saw in Colorado. And Nick Castellanos has certainly not been no. Nick Castellanos well, from and, Cincinnati. And Drury's been better on the road than Castellanos was on the road. That's yeah. the craziest part. So – there, and, and you look at the 51-game stretch with the Mets last year. He was actually pretty good for the Mets last year in 51 games. So I would feel like this guy would give us, you know, if I'm acquiring him, I feel like he'd give me above average production at a bunch of different positions. That's a good trade piece here. And I, I assume the Reds would be smart enough to uh, cash in on on Brendan Drury. Uh, he's I think you're right, out. Arm. Feels like a Ray. Feels Ray, like a Ray. Right? That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I could, I I could like see that them one. doing it. Low cost, gives them versatility. 16, Whit Merrifield. Uh, this was a, a jack right up here. And you put Rays, Astros, Mariners, Braves, Phillies, Brewers, Padres, almost anybody. Because Merrifield can play the outfield, he can play the infield. He's got to hit better, though. Anybody that doesn't see the Blue Jays often, um, like that, <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, that's that's actually what we're looking at here. That's what we're looking at with you know Michael A. Taylor, who, yeah, he's hurt, but he's also on the restricted list. 
you have to look at Whit Merrifield like that too. He is limiting his suitors. Andrew Benintendi is limiting his suitors. Looking at Tampa, Tampa's probably out of the sweepstakes because they got to go to Toronto several times here. Houston could be interested in Whit Merrifield. I think what Whit can do, and my first line of this write-up is, I'm sure that Dayton Moore and the Royals brass are kicking themselves that they didn't ship Whit Merrifield off sooner because mm. they could have gotten a King's ransom for him. Multiple this top off season, multiple off seasons. And here we are. And this guy has a 78 WRC plus he's not walking. He can't use his speed, which is his best asset. And he's not hitting for average. He's a 240 hitter this year. This has been a terrible year for Whit Merrifield and the Royals kind of shot themselves in the foot here because wit does not factor into their future. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they really ride their veterans. I mean, even I mean, Salvi, like, they, they, they keep dude, Salvi behind the plate. Like, he maybe should have already transitioned into a DH. Like, we've talked about the fielding. I mean, the framing metrics hate him. And now <laughs> he's gotten hurt from it. Him. And now yeah. he's hurt. It's just they will ride them into the sunset, and sometimes it's going to bite you in the ass, and sometimes it can be good, but more often than not, it probably won't be. Especially for the how they went about it. Do you remember how they went about it with Alex Gordon? Mm-hmm. Like, they held on to Alex Gordon forever. Way for too long. Ever. It's like, what are you doing? They're holding on to Whit Merrifield way too long. I almost so. felt like they could have cashed in on a guy like Greg Holland maybe earlier. Dude, maybe I'm dating honestly, myself with that. I remember... Arms. Yeah. yeah. I, are they going to trade that? We'll get to those guys too. Like there's some bullpen arms, like trade them. I, trade I them. think they're finally at a point now where they're going to do it. I'd like to think that they learn from their lessons or, or learn from their mistakes a little bit, learn a lesson, but I mean, we'll see the, the Cubs. They did it just kind of at the last possible moment. I got worried that the Cubs were going to kind of hurt themselves last year by trying to ride it out one last time. And they did get less value because they gave up, you know, a year of control uh, by not trading them, those guys a year sooner, but they wanted to give it one more shot with that core. Yeah. Now the Cubs are kind of in this in-between phase, and I think they should trade guys that don't really fit into the future. And Patrick Wisdom is one of those guys. I think, like, it's been a nice story. He's hit for a lot of power, 17 home runs this year already. He strikes out 35% of the time. He's not the best defender in the world, but he puts up an above-average WRC plus and could be a solid power bat. It's another dude that screams Rays, and that's what Jack put down as a suitor. Mariners, Phillies, Padres as well. Mariners probably not after Carlos Santana was acquired. Yeah. Is there a market for, for Patrick Wisdom? See, why, why do we think it's for the Rays? Because, I mean, at third base, Yandy Diaz has been fantastic for them this season. I just yeah. don't know if they're going to be going after third baseman in particular. But, Jack, you think so? Well, Wisdom can also play first. He can also DH. You know, this is just Man like... Troy is the truth, though. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> he is the truth. <laughs> it's just another power bat you add to the yeah. fold. And honestly, like, I don't think they're going to get paid, like, you know... Patrick Wisdom, what? He hits arbitration in 2024. He's got one more year at team control next year. He hits arbitration in 24 as a 32-year-old. This guy is not getting you the, oh, he's got four and a half more years of control type of thing. Like, you're not buying Patrick Wisdom for team control. You're buying Patrick Wisdom as a rental that is going to stick around for a while and probably be a Durham Bull if he goes to Tampa. Yeah, I just look at the Tampa Bay Rays, where are they probably weakest? It seems like in the outfield, they can't hit. You know, you got Brett Phillips, you got Josh Lowe, who just doesn't seem like he's fully ready yet for big league ball. 
And I mean, up the middle has been the problem too. I mean, they're getting, you know, with Wander Franco being hurt, like it's been a lot of Taylor Walls. It's been a lot of Vidal Brujan. Exactly. I mean, Jinx, buy me a Coke, all that kind of stuff. Like it's because we know we see it. It's just like, they're not getting anything on offense, but where have they gotten offense from? The Harold Ramirez is of the world. Who's playing first base in DHing, G-Man Choi, Yandy Diaz at third base. Those like the corners. That's why when I said Drury, maybe it makes sense because he can kind of play all over, but the guys who are just stuck in those positions, like a wisdom doesn't make all the sense to the Rays. but I feel like wisdom could be a bat for a contender that'll like, for example, the brewers, I feel like would love Patrick wisdom, even though it's in the same division, but with the schedule changing next year, I think those in division trades, we might see some of those at the deadline. I I think, and that's one that I don't think you lose sleep over, you know, uh, I don't think you would see th- those are some of the division trades you could see, but I agree. I think the race should prioritize outfield a little bit more. Um, and, and this could be a target here for them at number 14 is Ramon Oriano, the Oakland A's and Oriano is, is boosting his trade stock. I think by, by day, he's starting to heat up. There were some questions about the PEDs after, you know, having the end of his last season cut short and then 26 games, 27 games to start this year. But Loriano is showing that he's pretty much still that same hitter. He's going to be a 115, 120 WRC plus guy. Uh, he can run a little bit. He can play great defense at all three spots. I think the A's are obviously going to trade him. It's probably the most likely guy to get traded, not named Frankie Montes. And there should be a pretty big market for him. Same center field market. I'd see Phillies, of course. I would like to see the Marlins, but I don't know if they're buyers. Padres. And then I even threw the Yankees in there as a possibility. Yeah, I mean, the really- Yankees are looking for outfielders. I mean, it's clear. Go, Jack. I, I really feel like this is going to turn into a bidding war between the Marlins and the Phillies for Ramon Laureano. Well, and if the Marlins wanted to, they could win that bidding war very easy easily. with a snap of a finger. But I, I don't think they're going to want to. I think that Dave Dombrowski is going to say, hey, you like this painter guy? Take him. You like Mick Abel too? Take him. <laughs> and like the Marlins are going to panic when they ask for a McCambly type. <laughs> She'd be like, can you imagine what he could be one day maybe he could be almost yeah. as good as ramon loriano one day that's i mean it's just but um to that point about loriano i think clay made the point in our just baseball group chat that loriano on defense at least by the metrics has not been the same defender as he once was yeah. but i'm also not putting that i mean sometimes defense stats like i just don't know truly how much stock to put into defense stats it's so hard i know it's but tough. what i do know is that i feel like he is a good defender it's but it's tough to then look at the metrics and then say yeah he's a he's like one of the best defenders because what we've seen in basically every single year except this year has proved true even by the numbers it is interesting i actually was doing that dive recently and i was like hey, it's like I weird. Think the metrics would be better. They're kind of throwing him around a little bit. I wonder. I wonder how much of like really just might just not be a right a desire fielder. to be there. Yeah, I mean, like Pache was playing center. They move him to left. They move him to center. Sometimes they move him to right. I'd like to see him just playing center every day and see how things go there. But uh, at thirteen, Jorge Lopez, Baltimore Orioles closer, essentially. Probably not trading this guy. Take right? him off the list. I, I always say sell high on relievers. <laughs> Correct. Correct. I mean, this guy has 17 saves. He was a swing man last year, made a lot of starts. They moved him full-time to the bullpen. The stuff's ticked up, and he looks like a closer. I always say sell high on relievers, but but Peter, I mean, you're not trading your closer right now if you're the Baltimore Orioles. You are not. But at the same time, it almost 
while the Orioles shouldn't sell, that might be a smart move because at the end of the day, how good is Jorge Lopez? And I think you could get a big return. You know, he's had all the success closing. I think you could get a team to give you a legit prospect for him. And at the end of the day, the Orioles bullpen as a whole has been really good. I mean, you could just move a guy like Felix Bautista into that type of role. And I feel like you wouldn't really miss a beat. And also the Orioles, Jorge Lopez has been kind of blowing games lately. I mean, he's not, he's not, he started off the season incredibly. I wonder how much that's going to last. I would actually look, I'm glad he's on the list, even though at the same time, the Orioles shouldn't trade anybody, but Jorge Lopez might be the guy that you cash in now, because I don't know if it's going to make that big of an impact if he is gone at the end of the day, because let's be honest, the Mariners do it. We saw the Mariners, the Orioles making the playoffs. Like it might be smart for them to do something like that. I don't know. I mean, be honest with each other i just don't think they can pitch that's my thing like felix bautista really good jorge lopez the numbers say that he's really good like i i do think jorge lopez is really good but i mean this starting rotation really like can you name one guy that's a postseason starter with this orioles team like jordan lyles is not that yeah i mean dean kramer has been good (laughs) no I'm mean, just saying that, saying that out Imagine loud. Imagine turning on Fox and seeing Dean Kramer start a game in the ALDS. Dean Kramer versus Chris Sale. Orioles win 8-2. <laughs> uh, no, I see what Peter is saying, too, because, I mean, we saw the Mariners do it with Kendall Graveman. And then they went out and got Diego Castillo and, and kind of just pieced it together. I could see the Orioles doing that if the offer is right, you know, and, exactly. and it could be. The offer could be right. You know, so we could see. It could be an opportunity there uh, at 12 is a guy that I, I think the Orioles could go get if they want to get a controllable pitcher. We probably should have put him as a potential suitor. Uh, Merrill Kelly, right-handed pitcher with the Diamondbacks. He's been good this year overall. Insane really start. Good. Walks back a little bit. Still now, I was expecting the numbers to be worse, honestly, but he's continued to kind of just prove to be a solid number three, number four type. Yeah. 17 starts, 3-4-2 ERA, and he's got a couple years of uh, control as well. There's a lot of teams that could be interested in this guy, but do the D-backs necessarily need to trade a controllable pitcher? That's the question. Arm, we wrote this four days ago. Um, I don't think the Orioles were buyers four days ago, so that's why we didn't have the Orioles as a possible landing spot for Merrill Kelly. Um, that's, that's how quickly baseball changes, folks. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's 34 years old. He's making 8 mil this year. He's going to make 8 mil next year as a 35-year-old, and then there's a club option for 2024. Or um, No, he's owed 8 next year and in 25 and then you've got a seven million dollar club option at 36 in 2025 next year eight year after that eight seven million club option in 2025 it's a great deal i'd sign up for that i gotta say it's fun watching merrill kelly pitch the dude paints like this stuff is not very good but he throws it wherever he wants to it's and he's so simple as mechanics it just it seems like you put the glove there he hits it every single time so the stuff is not going to jump off the page and the advanced stuff is probably not going to tell you that merrill kelly's going to have a great second half but at the end of the day the dude has incredible command right now which is and command within the strikes on which and he's pitching in tough environments it's it's Arizona it's Colorado and then it's against the Dodgers and it's you know it's a lot of tough spots I think any division he gets traded to is going to be easier unless it's the AL East and uh and I mean that that's why I like Merrill as as a trade option I think there won't be a a shortage of suitors another guy that will have a ton of suitors is Ian Happ yeah Ian Happ should be a Yankee yeah I really really should or a Ray and talk about bidding war those two teams could be in a bidding war for Ian Happ 
where, where do we think he ultimately lands? We have Yankees, Rays, Guardians, Astros, Padres. Hap has been spectacular. And as a switch hitter, has struggled from the right side in his career, has figured it out this year on that side of things too. He comes with some control too. Ian Hap's a Yankee. Basically, I've already traded him to the Yankees in my mind. Like I've just been looking at this guy. Seems like the most likely candidate you had a lefty. The bat to ball is important too, because we know with the Yankees, there's some swing and miss in their game. He doesn't have a lot of it feels like Ian Happ is already a Yankee. And to hear that, you know, Chicago fans, anybody listening, you know, it's tough. Like they signed Marcus Stroman and now they're selling. It's a weird, they're just in a weird spot right now, but it does seem like the Cubs are going to sell and Ian Happ to the Yankees makes so much sense, especially with Michael A. Taylor, the vaccination status, you know, going to Toronto, Andrew Benatendi, same thing. So to your point, Aram, the Rays, the Yankees, I even think the Red Sox could be in on a guy at the Ian Happ because we know what the Red Sox too, they hear the Yankees are in, they might not even be serious, but they might send over an offer. Like you might hear that the Red Sox are in on Ian App because the Yankees and the Rays are. That's just how this division works. Hey man, Cubs haven't been to Toronto yet. We've got no idea what's going on there. They haven't not been. Oh, nobody. That's how we find out. That's, that's, that's the, literally the filter. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I'm not I'm not yeah, downing it. Like, I'll just assume he's vaxxed how, and be shocked if he isn't. How freaking nuts is that? That That's what we have to evaluate when we're talking trades. It's like, yeah, I'm just, are trying, they I just want to talk about where players Toronto. are getting, I'm to talk about where players are getting traded and I got to worry about their vaccination. Oh, man, I'm trying to talk about their political leanings. So let's get into Manny Machado. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, Hap, Hap does feel like a Yankee, right? And, and he's a switch hitter. I'm just <laughs> looking for the one switch hitter that's better against righty pitchers than lefty pitchers. I mean, Hap crushes left-handed pitching. They don't exist. (laughs) Well, Jose Ramirez does everything, at least. Yeah, so I guess that counts. Yeah, Jose Ramirez is just amazing from every side at at all. Everything. He could hit middle. Yeah, he just just tomahawk swings. (laughs) (laughs) He could probably hit like that, too. He'd probably have Uh, the same ground ball rate as Hosmer if he's still doing that. Just like (laughs) Rymel Tapia. You want to cut to the top three so we leave some, some for the article, or should we go all the way through? No, let's do top three. I kind of like that. So you're missing 10 through four. Or, or should we do top five? Top five? Because the top do... five just sounds cool. Yeah, top let's five. do top, top five. five. All right. So for those who want to check out the article and, and get the rest of the suitors and everything, link's in the description. But we'll go to five. And it's a guy that will definitely not be traded to the Blue Jays. Although I had read a report that the Blue Jays were interested in Andrew Benatendi, thinking that they could maybe convince him to get the jab. Um, and if, if they do, then obviously he's a great fit. They've been looking for a left-handed hitter for a while. Uh, what a year it's been for Ben Attendee, obviously hitting for average, getting on base, not a ton of power, but he doesn't strike out. He walks, he plays good enough defense. He's going to help any team that acquires him. And it's one of the safest additions you can make. You just know that the guy's going to give you good, well-rounded offense. Uh, there's again, no, no shortage of options there. Could we see him ship back to Boston? Again, that's a, uh, again, the problem is, is the vaccination status guardians, brewers, Padres. I think almost any team could use an Andrew Benatendi. It's, it's hard to justify, you know, a team not needing an Andrew Benatendi. Yeah. And the song is actually shipping up to Boston, not back to Boston. Up to Boston, shipping up to Boston, right? Is that a song? Shipping up to Boston. Yeah. Yeah. You know oh, that song. Yeah. 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 Not my kind um, of music. 
Funny, the Mets but, have checked in on Benintendi when we were talking about that. The Mets of all teams have that's checked just like in another, on Benintendi. That's the same guy, though. That's the one team that might not need Benintendi. They have so and, many contact hitters. Like, please get a guy that just hits bombs. And Aram, I got to say, I don't know if Benintendi is a safe offensive option. Like, I, at the end of the day, it just it gives me the vibe of he's he's hitting like 320 right now. Has he ever done that before? It does. It's not for much power. He's not going to affect you on the base pass that much. He's an average fielder. He doesn't have a ton of speed. Like I guess, I guess when I'm looking at just like a Yankee fan, I would prefer. I don't think. I think that Benintendi is going to cost a lot, and I don't think he's going to be worth it in the end. I guess is my point. Okay, so um, bouncing back on that point, you say has he ever done that before in a bad way? No, he's never done this before, but I think that's in a good way because he's entirely shifted his offensive approach. So Benintendi was a guy that was hitting 270-ish with 20 homer potential. Now he's hitting 320 with three homer potential. This is not like fluky. It's not like, hey, this is just by chance. This is the year that he's putting together. Like this is a concerted effort from Andrew Benintendi to change his offensive identity. Yeah. And I do think that he's a safe hitting bet to get. Yeah, one ten WRC plus in his career, but it, the, the big season was twenty eighteen with the Red Sox, where it two ninety three sixty six four sixty five. But if you look at WRC plus, this has been his best year, and it's because of the shifted approach, more contact, less power. Obviously, would like to see more than three home runs, but fourteen doubles and a pair of triples. There's going to be a lot of teams that want him. You talk about the price, Peter. That's where my question is: is what is his price going to be? Because he's performing at such a high level, but he's a rental. You know, so I wonder what what the price is going to be. I would not give up a, a top ten. I'd give up yeah. one top ten prospect for him, maybe. You know, depending I, I, on the system. In my mind, what I was thinking is he's going to be expensive, and Andy is he going to hit three twenty the rest of the way? I guess that was kind of where I was. I think two ninety three ten range. I'm not giving up a top one hundred guy for him. That's for sure. But There's no, I think the Royals are going to ask for that. Oof. I'm good on that. And uh, I'm good. Like, I'm good on that. I mean, I've seen some trades where Ken Waldachuk is getting thrown into us. I'm like, no, 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 no shot. So it's not that I think that Benintendi is not a good hitter. The bat to ball has clearly been improved. But, you know, Jack, should we get in the expected stats? He's got 287 oh, no. X batting average. <laughs> What's the X batting No, he's got average? 44% hard hit rate. It's just, I don't know. I, 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 I think he's going to hit to arm's point between the 280 to 300 range the rest of the way with almost no power. He's not getting on base at a super high clip. He's not going to give you great defense in the outfield. He's not going to affect you on the base pass. That's just, it's like a solid player, but I'm not giving up a top 100 guy for him. I think he makes more of a difference for a Brewers team or, or guardians team or, or somebody else that just even that kind of production would be a huge, huge boost for them. Uh, somebody that I think will get a King's ransom is Sean Murphy. And Sean Murphy should be traded. I just, yeah. the, the Oakland A's have Shea Langliers. We talked about this on the call up uh, today, actually. Yeah. Shea Langliers is ready to go. Uh, they, this guy should be called up already. Um, and, and Sean Murphy continues to get better each year. His defense is elite. His, mm-hmm. his bat away from the Coliseum, away from Oakland, is above average. At Oakland, slightly below average. Overall, about average. But he's young, continues to get better in a lot of different ways. And I, I, would, I would take him. And this answers your catching position for the next three plus years. And he seems to be getting better and better. I think he'll be a top five or so catcher away from Oakland. I really do think he's that good. 
And if I needed a catcher, I would give up a lot for this guy. And Aram, to the, to that point about the home road splits, it's not even just that Oakland is this enormous ballpark that it's super big, foul territories are enormous, but nobody goes to the games. It's probably tough to hit there sometimes when you got nobody kind of rooting you on. It's and when in a look, football stadium. Those splits are so correct. I mean, he's hitting 185 at home with a 603 OPS. He's hitting 280 on the road with an 806 OPS, 460 slugging. He just turns into another player because there's 40,000 fans at other stadiums and there's about nine in Oakland. It, it, it definitely hurts. It's just tough to play in that. I think Sean Murphy needs to be a Cleveland guardian. I, I think that wow. Cleveland will not feel it. Um, trading from the best system in baseball, and I'll stamp that best system in baseball, I deepest agree. system in baseball. I really don't think they feel it. And I think that Murphy, with those ample years of control here, um, how fair is this? Rokio, <laughs> Ethan Hankins, and Angel Martinez. More. Sean Murphy. Need more. Yeah. Throw in Nikhazy. You know, I need two top 100 guys. You need two top 100 guys. Rokio. You don't like Rokio that much, huh? Like they have so many of them. So I many. know Brian Rokio or Arias or, you know, but I think a pitcher, how about like a Peyton Battenfield who you just watched today, by the way, and carved. I think they have Eight so many out. arms. I think it's got to be an, an arm and, and a, uh, and a, and a middle infielder. Would, Would trading Bo Naylor make sense? I know no. he's like the kind of catcher of the future. Apparently, you get Sean Murphy with years of control. Would it make sense? That's why I would think Wilson Contreras is the perfect no. because the rental, and then you get Bo Naylor. No, because Naylor is like anything but a sure thing. He's obviously having a great year in, in double and now triple this year. I, I'm seeing him this week. Like he is very, very talented. But if you have the chance to go get Sean Murphy, who you know is going to be good for the next three years when everybody else is coming up and you've got an exciting offense, like as exciting a young offense as baseball has, I'm not waiting on a guy that might be great. I, that's I'm what I said. That's what I was that's like, really why good. not add Bo Naylor in the trade for Sean Murphy? You could. I thought you that's said, why? No, I thought you were saying, why would you move for him if you have Bo Naylor? No, 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 no. I was saying, would. well, I might have accidentally said that in the sense of like, if you have Bo Naylor, would Wilson Contreras make more sense because he is that rental? But then I think I started the point as you could trade Bo Naylor in this trade for Sean Murphy with the years of control that Murphy has. Naylor's been pretty nasty. He's been yeah. great. He's really been good. great. Um, all right, last one. Rokio, Logan Allen, and a filler. That's a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll get it done, I think. That gets it done. They've got so much pitching. Dude, they have so many they starting pitchers. They have they so could, many. The point is, they could trade. Here's, here's, here's what we can wrap it up on. They could trade any of these guys, any two or three of these guys, and not really feel it. Tyler Freeman, uh, Rokio, Angel Martinez, Zavin Curry, Jacenzi Arias. They could trade Ari. They could trade Jose Tana. They could trade any of those guys, and they wouldn't. Who's really untouchable for Cleveland? I mean, it seems like Valera. every single prospect that's Valera, good is Espino, that's it. Everybody yeah. else can go. I'm, I'm cool with that. Valera, Espino, I, and I would personally make Gavin Williams untouchable, but those three guys, and that's it. You could trade almost anybody else, and there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys. So we got two, two more, three, three more. more targets. Wilson Contreras now, our number three trade target. And this guy is having the best offensive season of his potential. And uh, he's already had the highest F4 of his career at 2.7 at the time we wrote this. We know he's not sticking in Chicago, so they're going to cash in now. 
And not only is whoever acquires him just instantly gets one of the best catchers in baseball, they also get a really, really impactful offensive piece. So I love the Mets as the number one option. I like the Padres as an option. The Giants all of a sudden are looking like they're not in the business for a rental. So I don't know if they're an option. Rays and Cardinals were also put in there. Who else could be a suitor for a Wilson Contreras? Say those names again. Excuse me. Say those names again. Mets, Padres, no longer Giants, in my opinion. Cardinals, Rays. So the most questions I get on the TikTok live is will the Astros add a catcher? And I just don't, and I keep answering the same thing. I just don't think they're ever going to move off Maldonado because it's clear that Maldonado has this relationship with this Astros pitching staff that seems to be more important than if he hits 100. But at the end of the day, Maldonado has been a better offensive player than he was, or at least uh, we can fact check that, but at least that's- No, he's been been hitting the ball better. Yeah, he's been hitting the ball better. I don't think that the Astros are in that, even though that's that classic big contender who has a soft hitting catcher, but I just don't think it's going to be the Astros. I know you asked for what teams it could be, but that's the biggest question I get is, will the Astros add Wilson Contreras? And I just keep saying, I don't think they're going to move off Maldonado. I agree. I I don't, I don't see it either. Um, I I think it's got to be one of those teams. Mm -hmm. I like the Mets. I think the Mets might do it. I think it should be the Mets. I think the Mets are the viable option there, especially because you got Francisco Alvarez coming up next year. That's the easy rental. They already have that relationship with the Cubs. I know to Jack's point, they sort of got burned, but at the end of the day, Javier Baez did exactly what they wanted from yeah. Javier Baez. He it, raked with the Mets. And then it's just, they didn't end the up making the playoffs, but it wasn't Baez's fault. Yeah, exactly. And it can't hinder you from doing it again. You, you can't be scared to go at it again. Yeah. No, exactly. Because the Mets are way better than they were last year. I mean, at the time, I think it was like somewhat close to Mets had a shot, but now the Mets are one of the best teams in baseball and yeah. everybody knows it. They're already so, in the playoffs. And you add Wilson Gutierrez to, and, and to arm's point, remember we were talking about all these contact guys, you know, they get Sterling Marte back, Brandon Nimmo, Jeff McNeil, they have even a Mark Canna. Like those are all the guys at the top of the lineup, of course, with Pete Alonso, but you put a Wilson Gutierrez in there, that type of thump. And also the Mets have had troubles this year against lefties. That's been the big thing too. And Wilson Contreras is a lefty killer. I think it'd be the perfect addition for the New York Mets. Perfect fit. Perfect. I, I would love it. I would love it. And they, they could part with a prospect and, you know, like a Mark Vientos or something, and it, it's, it'll, it'll line up pretty well. Do you, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa that's, that's way. Hold on. You would trade Vientos in that trade? Yeah. I think they're trying that's, to go all in, man. I, you got to wow. go all in. That's a, that's a, a big time player. It's a top one. I think, I think yeah. that even a rental of if, if would you prefer to give up Beatty or Vientos? Beat? How about this? Would you prefer to give up Beatty or Vientos? Vientos. 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 I mean, there's no okay. question. Okay. Okay. I like it. So I think, I, I think, I think the Mets would do it. I think the Mets would do it. And, you know, I, with the way that Contreras is performing, I think he puts them, he can put them over the top. Two arms that are going to be the big names on the market, right? Luis Castillo. And, and Frankie Montes, you can make them one A, one B. And I, I saw some people like, oh, why'd you put Montes ahead of, I, I, I didn't really care. <laughs> Montes and Castillo are one and two. Like, well, this is not ranking of best players. Like, it is what it is. Castillo will go with first. You would like him to be a Yankee, Peter, I'm sure. Of course. What is the, the oh, he's starting against him tonight. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. Could, I mean, this he is. Might, he might shove it up your you know what. So, so that the captain wants to bring him in. 
he's going to shove tonight. I like, I'm almost, I feel like the Reds are going to win this game, even though, the, you know, Nestor is probably going to turn in a good start too. But I think Luis Castillo is going to shove tonight. I think it's going to be, you know, because the Yankees at the end of the day, Luis Severino was just put on the IL with a lat strain. Not good because he's already had lat problems in his career. It's supposed to not be crazy serious, but at the end of the day, this is a reoccurring injury. I'm And, and it's honestly my fault. I'm not sure um, if it's the same lat. I don't know if you guys could do some digging, like kind of while I'm talking on that one. I don't think it is, but at the end of the day, it's still a lat injury, which he's had before. And then, you know, we've seen Tyone really start to regress. Like the Yankees really do need a starting pitcher, even though this rotation has been great because Jaymont has been fantastic. And we know about Cole and Nestor, you know, Nestor's never completed 180, 200 innings in a season. Luis Castillo, even though the Yankees are 62 and 25 and they're the best team in baseball right now, they're actually developing. They really do need a starter. And Jonathan Lewisaga is coming back from the IL today as we're recording. So that's something at least positive for the Yankees, but he hasn't been good. The Yankees need an outfield bat. Yankees really need a starting pitcher. I think right now they need a starter more than they even need a guy like Ian Happ, even though we've already traded Ian Happ to the cup or to the Yankees. Will the Yankees part with the prospects necessary to get a Luis Castillo? It depends. Like I think for example, if Luis Castillo dominates tonight and then they say, okay, we don't need Volpe, but we'll take Oswald Peraza, maybe a Medina, and then maybe another guy. At that point, more like, for a year and a half. I don't know. Have you seen Medina's slider lately? Man, I think, I think Peraza and Medina, Medina is not a bad star. I, I, the way Peraza and Medina have been playing this year, I, I like something with that framework. The Yankees could get it done and not really kill their system. Yeah. I think of Pereira and Iverson Pereira at, in that deal. Could I, don't be want to, I don't want to trade him. I know. I love Pereira. I but like they, they could make that deal happen. Austin Wells, like there's so many dudes. They have so many quality prospects. They could put three together and, and make a deal happen. Blue Jays, I don't know if they have enough if unless they want to part with, you know, one of their main guys, which I don't know if they have the willingness to. The Twins should do it. I, I think the Twins should be the, the team that surprises everybody and swoops in here and does it. They have the prospects slash like big leaguer kind of half prospect guys that are trying to get their footing going like a Trevor Warnick and some other pieces that I know the Reds would want. Cardinals probably not going to see an in-division trade here. Dodgers, of course, are always in on every player and I could see the Dodgers you know, putting oh, together an effortless package. They'll probably get him. Let's, yeah, let's be honest. Annoying. They'll probably get him. Yeah. Lame and annoying. Please don't. <laughs> and then Frankie Montas, I mean, kind of same boat, right? Like for everything that we said about Luis Castillo's or Luis Castillo, you can say the exact same thing about Frankie Montas. Yes. But Arm, did the reason that you guys ranked him the first is, do you think that Frankie Montas would actually get more than a Luis Castillo at the deadline? Like what package do you think would be bigger? Because at the end of the day, Montas is a little bit younger, but at the same time, Montas is dealing with a little bit of a shoulder thing. It's, it's an interesting conversation because Luis Castillo has proved it more, but Montas has been dominant. But the, again, Luis Castillo pitching in Great American Ballpark versus Montas pitching in Oakland. It, there's a lot of conflicting factors here. And I think it's interesting what we'll see when we look back, because I think both of these guys will be traded. And also, Arm, someone who didn't make the top 20 is Tyler Malley. Yeah, he did. Oh, ah, he, he's been the group that we uh, <laughs> that we teased for the article. I was like, <laughs> yeah, he's with the, the myriad of pitchers that we teased for the article. Malley's in there. Oh, he's not going to Toronto. 
Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I think you could go either way. I think they're almost going to get identical returns. And it's really funny. I wonder if there's going to be like a game of chicken here where it's like one team wants to let the other one trade first or not, because what if, what if they undersell a little bit and they take kind of a shitty return and now they set the market a little bit lower. I, I would you want to trade first or trade second? Cause if, if Montes gets a haul, now the Reds could say, Hey, we think Castillo's a little bit better and a little bit more proven. And that's the starting point. Same can be said if you reverse it. If Castillo goes first, Oakland can be like, hey, we think our guy's a little bit better. Yeah, I, I wonder if you wait, but what if the return's kind of kind of light, you know, and kind of like even the Olsen deal, I thought in some ways was light, and that sets the tone. And now now you're like, oh, we should have probably traded first and taken that first offer. Uh, I, I wonder how it's going to be played, but I, I'd assume both of these guys are gone, right? I mean, Montes yeah. is for sure gone. Castillo's got to be gone. Who do you think gets the bigger return when it's all said and done? I don't know. I really don't know that question. But in my opinion, I would rather have Luis Castillo. So I guess that means that Luis Castillo, I would guess, would get the bigger return. But Montes is younger. It's interesting. I I would rather have Castillo, though. Would you rather have Castillo, Jack, or Montes? I'd rather have Frankie Montas because while we have seen better performances from Luis Castillo, we've also seen way worse performances from Luis yes. Castillo. That's that my wrong. thing. Like there are outings where he can't throw strikes. Point. So I, I think that Frankie is almost safer if both of them are fully healthy. And like, obviously, you know, Montas dealing with that shoulder thing. Like you mentioned, Peter, like, I don't know if both of them are at an even playing field health wise, I'd rather have Frankie Montas because I feel like I could sleep more soundly at night knowing that I got the guy who can't blow up versus the other one who can, but whose ceiling is better. And I feel like it depends on which team is looking for him. Cause maybe if you're the Yankees who, you know, they have this litany of starting. They can pitching, survive if Castillo they, blows up. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe they'd be more inclined, but if you're the blue Jays, like you have St. Louis need him yeah. to be really good or St. Louis, like you need him to be good. So maybe Montes makes more sense for a team like that, but for the Yankees, you can kind of swing for the fences a little bit Dodgers, same way. Maybe they'll be more inclined to go get Luis Castillo because at his best, Luis Castillo is a top 20 pitcher. I'll, I'll stake that claim. I think he's yeah. phenomenal when he's on. All right. The mystery middle of the list includes Tyler Marley. We know that now. Uh, and that's available at justbaseball.com. Very quickly, Pete Alonso, Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna Jr., Albert Pujols, God, Kyle Schwarber, Julio <laughs> Rodriguez, Jose Ramirez, and Corey Seager is the eighth and final member of the home run derby field. Who wins the derby and why? Check that. Let me reword it. Who wins the Pete Alonso Invitational and why? Pete Alonso will win the Pete Alonso Invitational, <laughs> a.k.a. the Home Run Derby, because he's the king at this. He's won back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back Home Run Derby. He's not actually, but he's a two-time champ. I think he's going to add a third to his mantle. Pete Alonso is the king of this. He understands the game, too, because it's not just – you know, who hits the most home runs. It's, you know, it's timing with the new kind of rules in the home run derby. He understands this game and he's still one of the most prolific power hitters in this game. Pete Alonso is winning the home run derby and we're going to do a bunch of stuff on prize picks, which is going to be awesome. So if you use our code, just baseball, we're going to be filling out a bunch of different like home run derby props, all that stuff for the all-star game when we'll be down there. So use code, just baseball. That link is in our episode description as well, but Pete Alonso has to win the derby, but you know, there are some rookies, you know, there's Julio Rodriguez is very interesting. Colby was actually armed. He's talking to me about his like swing speed. He was getting into the analytics of it. He's like, I think Julio could win it based off like the numbers. And I'm like, just stop. Pete Alonso is going to win this. What it, boils, what it boils down to for me is, is it's about stamina. 
It's that's that's the most underrated aspect of this whole thing. It's a stamina test. Yeah. No, and it's not about it's not about you know length or anything like that. It's about stamina. Stamina, yeah. not motion length, in the ocean. Stamina. Yeah. Yes. Uh, because at the end of the day, it's it's one of those things. We, I always remember Josh Hamilton, you know, and what he did. He was he was the best home run hitter in that competition and lost. Pete Alonso is so effortless with the home runs and the way he's able to. His swing is just so. His swing is very simple and doesn't require a lot of energy where I'm going to watch like a Corey Seager getting into his lower half with yeah. every swing, yeah. getting really into it. He's going to get tired. I, I look at a Pete Alonso. He just doesn't get tired. He keeps going. Everyone else is gassed when they call the timeouts. And Alonso is like, I'll take the Gatorade if you want, but I'm just going to like wrap these mob deep lyrics. Like it, he's just on a different level in that regard. And that's why I just think no one's going to compete with him. You're only as good as your batting practice pitcher, Pete Alonzo and Dave Jouse together again, BB machine, Dave Jouse. I think Alonzo wins this. No problem. You know, what's hilarious about Dave Joust? He works for the nationals now. Yeah. <laughs> like the rivals. So like it's throwing like, him curveballs. Yeah. Do you think he's going to like try to get him out? Like he's just going to try to get him off his game. As long Dice as, as long as Dave isn't throwing to Soto as well. And I think Soto can be a sleeper here because obviously he yeah. sold out for some power this year. Um, but I, I mean, I think Soto can be a sleeper just because I don't of like think we'll see anything did. to hit. I don't <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's true. He'll walk a couple of times. He'll in the have derby. a 400 OBP in the Derby. Yeah. You know, what I think I, what's kind of underrated about the Derby. I was talking with Dustin about this. You get a million dollars if you win. I feel like a lot more guys would be inclined to play. You get a million dollars if you win. Well, what do you think Albert's doing in this? this. (laughs) Yeah, he needs more. Yeah, he needs more dough. I'm just saying a million dollars is a million dollars at the end of the day for winning a home run derby. You're already there if you're an all-star. I just should throw a minor leaguer in there. I would love to just see. Kenzie Noel. Just throw Kenzie Noel in there. Who would be the guy in the minor leagues that you would put in the home run derby if you could? Noel. Out of everybody. Noel, probably. He's David really? Walner. Who else? Matt Walner. Walner. Yeah. Don't even know who that is, to be honest. Who is that? Twins. Twins. Big boy. And he rakes. Yeah. Hey, if, I, the, if I could make a dream thing, O'Neill would be in this too. O'Neill yeah. Cruz. So. And Stanton. O'Neal, would O'Neal, love O'Neal, to see yeah. Stanton in this too. Dodger Stadium, yeah. he's one of the few players who's ever hit it out of Dodger Stadium. Mm-hmm. Also, I'd love to see a Dodger in there, right? Yeah, Cody Bellinger. I, <laughs> I think that would be great Seager for Cody Bellinger. Bellinger's swing. It is funny seeing Seager back in L.A. He'll be in the home run derby. I they'll they'll be rooting him on so hard. It'll be cool. It'll be really yeah. cool, I think. I'm glad he's doing it. All right. Uh, prize picks, again, big for the derby. Um, that's in the episode description. What else? Have a good weekend, right? Get yourself some Just Baseball merch. That link is in the episode description as well. And join our big baseball group chat on Chalkboard and follow us all over socials. But make sure you get yourself some Just Baseball merch, rocking the hats, rocking the t-shirts, rocking some of the hoodies. We're also getting some new merch shipped in soon. That All of that is in the episode description. Anything else before we say goodbye? Not for me. Have a good weekend, everybody. 